Wolfpack, thanks so much for tuning into the Fantasy Fullback Dive today. Before we pave your path to 2020 fantasy titles, a quick announcement. We're looking to add new lead blockers to crush it with this summer. Writers, video, dev, marketing, finger massagers. If you're passionate about fantasy and you want to join this young, energetic startup with a limitless DK Metcalf ceiling, slide on into the Wolf's DMs on Twitter at RotoStreetWolf or hit us up at RotoStreetJournal on Facebook or Instagram and learn more details. Also, for show notes and bonus goodies for today and every episode, visit FF. BDPod.com. All right, chin straps on, let's go. Fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try. Here comes Kuhn. the touchdown. What a great second ever. Here comes the ball. Here comes the ball. Here comes the The Fantasy Fullback Dive is thrilled to welcome on for, I think, uh, the 6th, 7th, I have no clue at this point. Either way, it's a record pace here by Ryan Hannibal of WEEI Boston Sports Radio. You can find him at Ryan Hannibal on Twitter. There's a reason we keep having him on because he continues to deliver the Patriots fantasy goods. How are you doing today, Hannibal? I'm doing good. This is probably like maybe like the seven and a half time because, you know, <laughs> take everyone behind the scenes. We already recorded one, but some uh, big, big news happened with the Patriots, so we have to re-record. Exactly. We had a, a perfect 40 minutes talking about the post-Brady era, Stidham, what the, the outlook for the franchise, Edelman in their rapport, he's going to rely on him because he's a crafty vet, all that great stuff. What's this new offense going to look like? And then, of course, Cam Newton comes Bomb is dropped, so we have to scrap it all. Good thing is we didn't release any of it yet. Uh, we're, we're just firing them back up a couple days, so I appreciate your willingness to do that with me, my man. Uh, it's the first time ever, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think I saw this on a WEI article by you that a team loses an MVP at QB and then signs a new MVP QB in the same offseason. Is that correct? <laughs> that is correct. It's kind of a crazy stat to think about, but, I mean, it's not really so often that a team – loses an MVP, you know, and then brings in a new, like, it's just never going to happen. Like, teams don't make MVPs available. So Cam's in a different circumstance, obviously, with the injuries. But, you know, he he was available for a one-year intensive-laden minimum deal, and that's just Bill Belichick. He sees value out there, and he grabbed it. Absolutely. We're going to dive right into that. Exactly. I mean, why not start off with Cam? Although I do, before we consider, you know, him, his prospects within the scheme, how it all happened, why it all happened, what is this kind of, I love the article you just published yesterday called the Patriots continue to send mixed messages for 2020. And the first line of it asks, what exactly are the Patriots trying to do in 2020? So Ryan, what's the answer to that question? What are they doing? I don't think that they know. I think that they're like kind of playing both sides of the fence here. Like some of the moves that they've done this offseason say that they're looking forward to seeing what Jared Sinem is and maybe having one eye towards the next couple of years where other moves are, you know, they want to be just right where they were the last 20 years. They want to compete for the Super Bowl. And the Cam Newton signing is sort of one of those mixed messages. What happened to all spring? Jared Sinem's our guy. We want to see what he has. Like this year is all about seeing what Sinem is. And then you bring in Cam Newton, and Cam Newton's not coming here to be backup. Like, I, there's no way he'd be the backup. If, if Sidham beats him out, the Patriots would cut him. So, you know, it sends a mixed message there, and then you can go down the line with bringing back Matthew Slater, Devin McCourty. Then 
you're getting rid of Jerron Harmon. Then you're, you know, drafting Kyle Duggar and, you know, the, you're trading out of the first round and picking a Division two guy with a first-round pick. You're franchising Joe Tooney with a lot of money when you're already against the cap. So it's just a lot of mixed messages. So I think the Patriots are on both sides of the fence here. are going to see how things play out. Maybe if Newton has a great preseason, they're all in. If Newton has a bad preseason and they go with Stidham, maybe they're back to where they were where they're having, you know, they're going to compete for the playoffs, but also have an eye towards 2021, 2022. Do you, just the, the Ryan Hannibal stamp of approval, do you give the move your stamp or are you kind of like, what is the, what are they thinking? And, you know, this is just going to be a hindrance to Jarrett Stidham's development. Because I know last time we talked, you were real excited that, that they were finally committed to, to seeing what this kid had. I... I understand why they did it just because of the value, but I don't really like it. Yeah. And and I don't know if like I'm definitely the minority and like I'm not like I don't think it's a lock that Newton starts week one. Like I don't know if it's fifty fifty, but I mean Newton probably has the advantage. It's probably more, you know, sixty, forty, seventy, thirty, but I wouldn't discount things maybe not working out as people think and Jared Sidham's actually the quarterback week one and Newton gets cut. I mean I think mm-hmm. the the more likelihood is that Newton's the starter, and it's another year for Sidham to learn and develop. But I don't think it's a lock that that Newton starts Week One. And I think a, a lot of the reason that might not be a lock. There's the the question of the fit here on a, a lot of different levels. So I think we can just start with that personality level, right? Because it's at minimum a culture clash because Newton's such a big personality often lauded as kind of a me first egocentric guy whether that's fair or not is another debate but certainly a culture clash with how Belichick operates so do you kind of expect that to present any problems or do you think Newton will kind of be another soldier under Belichick I think he kind of has to be just because of where he is in the situation he's 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 playing for his next contract. He signed a one-year deal. He's only 31 years old. He's hoping for a great season and turning that into a three- or four-year deal for you know $80 million next offseason. But, you know, I, I don't hate to say it, but you, you, Cam Newton, he's kind of like there has to be an eye in his name because he's all about himself, mm-hmm. but there's not. But it's just, you know, you, you mentioned it. Whether fair or not, he has that reputation. And even signing since the, the deal, like that YouTube video that was put out the other night, like that was – you know, Cam Newton, all about Cam Newton. And I, I do wonder how he fits. I do think he knows what he's getting himself into, so he's going to change. But how does he fit in the locker room? How does he mesh with the veterans on the team, the Devin McCordys, the Matthew Slaters, the Julian Edelmans? Does he mesh with them? Is he a leader like that? Or does he sort of do his own thing? How, how does that work? How does he put in, does he put in the time with his new receivers? How is he on the practice field? There's a lot of questions, I, I think, with Newton that, you know, everybody's sort of hoping that they work out, but I think that there's a chance that some of them might not. I know tons of questions being raised, that you, very valid ones that you just posed there. Uh, it will be so interesting to see because I, I think it's going to be very clear one way or the other, right? Like uh, within a month or so of him being in the organization, oh, totally. whether this is going to work out. So that's the good news. And maybe we'll, we'll have you back on, if you're willing to come on for the 15th time by that point uh, over the summer to see how everything's going, how it's developing, how the battle's going. Uh, intriguingly, too, is beyond the personality part is the on-field fit where Brady, you know, it's all been about ball control, safe, accurate throws, occasional deep shots, but mostly dinking and ducking, letting the weapons do their work. And, you know, we're now getting a guy whose career completion percentage, 59.6%, six of his nine seasons have been under 60%. So it kind of seems like an odd, beyond just the personality fit, 
on-field fit. So how do you kind of expect this to mesh, and, and what kind of offense, if Cam does win this, do you expect them rolling out? Well, I think they're going to change the offense no matter who is at quarterback. Like, it's not going to be the Tom Brady offense. It's going to be the Jared Stidham slash Cam Newton offense with a lot of, you know, mobile concepts with rollouts and having more of a, you know, athletic type, you know, deal with your with your concepts and things like that. But like you mentioned, Newton's not exactly who Tom Brady is, and he's not using what, what Josh Daniels like. He's not accurate. He's all over the place with the guys. And I think also he's been known, you know, the Patriots, their bread and butter is these short, quick passes, you know, over the middle of Edelman and everybody else. And Newton's not – that's not his strength. He's more of a throw-the-ball-down-the-field guy. And I don't know who the Patriots have that can really do that right now. I mean, I don't – you could make a case that Harry could be that guy. Like, that's certainly not Edelman's strength. Um, Myers, who know who really knows what he is? Muhammad Sanu, not really. He's more of a possession receiver. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits with the receivers. The one guy I think that could benefit is Demir Bird. He's a speedy guy. He actually played with him in Carolina. Uh, so maybe they have a good connection. Like that's the only speedster, I guess, on the roster that you could say. So it'll be interesting to see how they work things out. Maybe Devin Asiasi, the young tight end, has some things in his game that can make plays down the field, but. It's just interesting to see how it'll play out because Cam's strengths are throwing the ball down the field and the Patriots that haven't really showed a willingness to do that over the years. I know. We'll, we'll see how that all plays out. I have faith McDaniel's a creative guy. He's molded the talents before. I look at like the Brissette, those like oh, two yeah. starts where it became a, a high school offense essentially over his game. So I, I expect definitely, as you're saying, it to evolve to Cam's strengths. There was one season, too, 2018, before he went down, he had a 68% completion percentage. It was when they finally gave him you know, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, some decent weapons. That's the one thing I, I look at Cam is he's really had no one to throw to through his career. So as, as much as everyone's like, what's he going to do in fantasy this year? He has no weapons anyways. I mean, Edelman is your wide receiver one, certainly a lot better than Ted Ginn, who right. <laughs> Cam Newton was the MVP during that season in, the regular, in, in real football and fantasy. So it'll be intriguing. I'm not worried too much about you know the weapon argument with them it's just a matter of to me health right now and obviously that's where we're, our, our next question is you know foot lins frank uh, the lins franks injury not as impactful for quarterbacks as wide receivers but still certainly not good the tough shoulder injury from 2018 you got concussions knee strains ankle ribs a bunch of just a litany of injuries that kind of come with that style of play with him uh, you know th- that's obviously got to make you nervous especially the fact that you couldn't get a physical or a workout really in with covid so you know how big of a concern do you sense that's going to be with Cam Newton the health factors and everything well I think it's a factor too not only just how he is now but if he is healthy can he play at the same like can he be the same quarterback that he was like can he run the ball can he take all those hits can he you know be the run first quarterback that we're used to seeing him being or does he have to sort of change his play in a way and be more of a, a guy that's you know not going to take as many chances with his body and maybe slide more, maybe not as run as much. And so I'm wondering what kind of Cam Newton we're going to get. Is it going to be the same guy that's going to you know run the ball? You know, I, I saw a stat like the Panthers won over 70% of their games when he has eight or more carries, something like huh. that. So he's, you know, when he's on the move and he's making plays with his feet, his team wins. But how long is that sustainable? And we've already seen, you know, him missing basic all of last year because of injuries. Can he be the same guy with the Patriots? And do they want him to be the same guy? Maybe it's a case where they don't care. They know him that he's only for one year. And if he gets hurt, you know, so be it. Like they don't have to. They have no long term, you know, contract with him. So maybe they do say, hey, be yourself and 
you know, see you later after next year. Thanks for whatever you give me this year. So I'm just wondering what type of quarterback he is. Will he be the same guy we're used to seeing, or will he be more of a, a pocket passer where he's not, you know, willing to make as many plays with his feet? I love that point too. That you're only on a one year prove it till. You almost talk about that with running backs in fantasy a lot. Like Gurley going to the Falcons. Well, they don't really care if they ride the wheels off him because he's going there. You don't typically think of that as a quarterback, but obviously with Cam Newton, that's a huge part of why he's such a fantasy value is the running. So you're right. If it's not a commitment to him as a franchise QB, and they just you know running options and all that could be a huge ultimate stat line again, assuming health, which is a huge assumption right now huge if because we still don't even know if he's fully healthy himself without those physicals and whatnot ultimately that's where his upsides unlocked though that rushing so I love that point there um I mean the the, the stat I did see is in addition to some of the ones you were giving was in fantasy he's been the QB5 or higher in any season that he's played 16 games uh so that's you know intriguing upside I think a lot of that is the rushing because if he can rush and stay healthy it's huge but there's certainly some upside the last time he was on the field too was the uh QB3 in fantasy points per game 24 points per game in uh weeks 1 through 8 of 2018 and that's the one other thing I lean to is like that seems the outlier. Again, as I mentioned, he had DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, had some good weapons, and, and Norv Turner kind of crafted a, a shorter game. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, as well there. And he was, you know, 10th in passer rating, uh, I think 12th in QBR. So there's some things that you don't typically see from those Cam Newton stat lines that give me a little faith he's got that accuracy and can get it done. But that is could be the outlier season as well. So I don't know. It's going to be an interesting mesh. If you had to predict... Does it work out? Does he play 16? Or is this going to be the Stidham show? How do you see it all unfolding? I guess I kind of have to say it's going to play out like he's going to play 16 game. I mean, pending he he stays healthy. He's going to be the, the Patriots starting quarterback. They're going to buy, you know, Jared Stidham another year to sort of, you know, get acclimated to the NFL, all that. And then they'll they'll take things as they go after that. Do they, you know, could they potentially just let Cam walk as a free agent? Because if he has a good year... He's probably going to get tons of contract offers with a lot of money, and the Patriots probably aren't going to do that. So maybe, I, I guess my prediction right now, they, they ride the wave with Newton. He gives them a solid year. It's a win-win for both sides. We've seen it with other free, other guys like um, Darrell, uh, Revis because he, he played and got a good, good year and then got another big contract with a jet set offseason. Uh, Martellus Bennett, he was a one-and-done. Like they've, they've done it before with guys where they're – veteran guys they come to new england to sort of get their next big contract and then they move on so i guess that's sort of my prediction where it'll be a win-win for both sides i hope so as a pats fan a fantasy fan a good win-win would certainly be solid does this worry you at all before we move on from the qb situation about stidham's long-term development how do you kind of think he handles this move uh especially if he loses the job and has to sit again all year after expecting to be the starter well, yeah, that's that's where my biggest question on the signing is, like, how can, is Stidham going to handle this? Like, did the Patriots talk to Stidham ahead of time saying, hey, look, like, we still believe in you. Like, we really like you down the road. We just want, you know, to, you to get one more year, you know, under, you know, working as a backup, seeing how things go in the NFL, you know, and how does Stidham handle that? Is he saying, you know, okay, or is he sort of questioning, like, you know, do they really believe in me? Like, what if Newton has a great year do the Patriots keep him and then where where does it land for him so you know it's a sort of what you think of Stidham like does he have a lot of mental toughness and can he handle it and if you think that's the case then this you know move really is a no-brainer for the Patriots because Stidham's so young but if you worry about his sort of mental 
makeup and mental capacity with how he handles this, then I would be a little bit concerned because Cam Newton's probably not your quarterback of the future. And so mm-hmm. then you have to wonder, you're pretty much back to square one where you have to find the next guy, whether that's via the draft or spending, you know, big next offseason. I think that's a, a great point. The, the the measuring stick is how else are you going to figure out that mental toughness without giving him some real competition to either have to rise to and beat or to kind of sit behind and figure out how hungry it makes him. Because if he can't handle that, like ultimately, do you really want him long term anyways? If all he had to do was beat out Brian Hoyer to start and, and kind of gets almost gift wrapped it. Like I, I kind of like it. I'm hoping that is a measuring stick to his mental toughness. And either he, he gives him a great run and whether he takes over or not, or it just... You see him really just like own it and, and and move on and mature from it is is what I hope to see. You're right; it could be detrimental, but ultimately, if it was going to be detrimental, he's probably not going to be the guy anyways. Well, so you know, it could motivate him in, in the preseason and training camp where he, you know, who knows? Like I'm not saying it's going to happen, but he'll be given the opportunity to win the job. And if Jared Sidham is playing better than Cam Newton, Belichick's going to give the to give the job to the guy that's playing best. Right. So, you know, who, he could use it to his advantage. Exactly. That that would be very intriguing. What about the QB who left? We're going to get to all the weapons that, you know, how would they fit with Newton and potentially Stidham. Uh, but, but the guy who left, Tommy Brady, the GOAT himself, obviously changes the complexion of everything around New England. How do you think he's going to do in Tampa Bay uh, down there? Is he going to succeed at age 40, 41, whatever the hell he is at this point? Uh, he'll definitely have a, a better year than he's had the last couple of years with the Patriots just because the weapons are so much better. I mean, oh, when yeah. you get... When you give a guy Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Warnkowski, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brake, all those guys, he's going to put up big numbers. Bruce Arians' offense loves to throw the ball. That's a QB's dream. And, you know, I don't think it'll be the same Bruce Arians' offense where he's throwing the ball 40 yards down the mm. field every other play. But, you know, he's going to throw the ball 30-plus times a game, I would imagine. And he's, he's going to put up numbers just because he's going to give him the chance to, to throw the ball so much with so much great weapons. So... And everybody knows he's going to probably stay healthy. He's probably not going to miss any time. So I would imagine this will be one of Brady's better years from a fantasy perspective because he'll be in Bruce Arians' offense and have you know probably the best weapons he's ever had besides maybe that 07 season. I, I totally agree. I think he's getting a little underrated in the fantasy community going as the QB 12. Wouldn't be shocked. I mean, we saw Jameis Winston lead the league in passing, hit, what, 30-something touchdowns. Wouldn't be shocked. I don't see Brady maybe going as crazy as Winston because he was just willing to air it out every single time. That's not going to happen right. with Brady. He's going to protect the Brock a little bit more, but with the, the interceptions coming down from the 30 that Winston threw, that little yardage which should offset, I wouldn't be shocked if he has that similar QB5 right around where Winston was last year type of finish. So I'm with you there. What about some weapons? Let's move on now to who Cam Newton, maybe Stidham if he beats him up, but let's for the, the sake of this, let's assume it's Cam Newton because I think right. most of us think I think it will be. As you mentioned, more of a downfield passer, hasn't played in a ton of just dink-dunk offenses. So Julian Edelman, that's kind of his bread and butter, the slot. Been the passing game engine with his boy Tommy Brady there. Welker was there before him. So that's kind of how the whole offense has been. Do you think they still mold it around Edelman, regardless of you know Cam Newton in the slot? Do you think the offense kind of gets flipped a little bit? Is this a positive or a negative for Edelman getting an established guy like Cam, but then also knowing Cam's like style of play? I think it's almost a negative for Edelman, just because mm-hmm. that's like you said, Edelman's bread and butter is those short, quick passes over the middle, and that's not not really what Cam likes to do. And 
you really can't ask Edelman to change his game. Like he's not going to be a, a guy that's going to run down the field and make plays for you. That's just not who he is. So I think you're going to have to almost ask Cam to evolve to Edelman. And I don't know how that's going to go. Um, I mean, obviously Edelman will have his fair share of catches and I mean, Newton's going to throw him the ball, you know, but I would probably say that Edelman's numbers could probably be better if Stidham was his quarterback as opposed to Newton. Yeah, I, I think I, I totally agree with that just because Stidham was in the system for a year and got kind of used to that. You look at Cam's career passing, 27% target rate for the slot versus 43% for his out wide wide receivers. So he's definitely leaned on those much more than the Patriots are, are much more targeted towards the slot. And that goes from 87 TDs to his out wide guys to only 44 in the slot. Um, and, and there's also a, a bunch of stats too about how, you know, his pro football focus grade, he's like 45th out of 50 QBs with the slot yeah. grade. A lot of things just suggest he doesn't love the slot. So I'm a little nervous of it. Uh, already they're kind of hyping each other up, so maybe they work out some of those kinks. He did have some success with DJ Moore when he came over. So I'm not jumping ship with Edelman, but I did feel better about him, like you said, with Stidham at QB than I do with uh, with Newton there. But a guy I like more right now because of some of those out wide stats I was just citing is Nikhil Harry. I mean, we, we've seen Cam have that history of big body wide receivers you think of Kelvin Benjamin those contested yep. catches saw 145 targets 1,008 yards and seven TDs as a rookie Kelvin Benjamin did with Cam just kind of hucking it and letting him do his thing again I don't know how much is Belichick going to allow that do you think he'll just kind of let Cam play that style of game and if so do you think Harry can kind of rebound from a very disappointing fantasy season last year I do. I kind of liked Harry even before the, the Newton signing. I think Harry was sort of put behind the eight ball last year with in terms of the situation he was put in with missing you know half the season with his injury, not really having much time with Brady. And then once Harry came back, they were halfway through the year, and Brady was you know miles and miles, and the offense was miles and miles ahead of where Harry was. So he was doing a lot of catch up. And now you know with assuming Newton's his quarterback, like you said, Newton's not afraid to throw the ball up in the air and let his receivers make plays. And that's what Harry seemed to do best at Arizona State. And, you know, as much as the Patriots and McDaniels want, you know, good decisions, you can't really change who a quarterback is. And if he's going to take more chances than Tom Brady did, you can't change that. And that, that's the case with Newton. So I would expect, you know, more, you know, contested catches, more throws down the field, more chances to give the receivers a chance to make plays. And like you said, that probably benefits Harry more than any receiver the Patriots have just because of his athletic ability and, his body and lineup on the outside. So having uh, Newton as his quarterback is definitely probably a, a benefit for Harry over Stidham. Is there any chance, uh, we'll get to the only other wide receiver is Sanu, but is there any chance anyone other than Edelman does lead this team in receiving? Do you think it's a possibility at all, or is it still kind of Edelman, even with the kind of mismatch of, of QB play here? Probably has to be Edelman just because yeah. of the the volume that he was gonna, that he's going to get like he's going to definitely get the most targets and so just because of that it has to be Edelman but I think that the gap would be and I don't even know who else it would be like James White I don't know how, how Newton really impacts him at all from a fantasy perspective but I, I just can't see Harry leading the team in receiving so it ha you have to go with Edelman. And the last guy would be Mohamed Sanu. I, I know you wrote some some positive reports on him and his trainer. What's kind of the latest on him? And is there any chance he rebounds and has any type of fantasy impact? Or is it just not going to be a big enough aerial pie here to sustain Edelman, Harry, Sanu? Uh, where do you see him kind of sliding into all this? 
He's a wild card because, I mean, he could essentially, if he has a great, you know, training camp in summer with, with Newton and whoever's the quarterback, he could be a, a great guy to have as a guy that, you know, defenses pay attention to Edelman. There's Sanu with single coverage, and if he's healthy like, you know, he was a couple of years ago, he could make an impact. But then on the flip side, if he has a, a bad training camp, he could very well be cut. So he's a wild card. And, you know, from a, if you want to think positive, I think he could be a solid, you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four. But it's just a consistency thing with him, and you don't know what you're going to get. Like, he had that great game last year against the Ravens, his first yeah. game with the team, and then it was basically nothing after that. I know injuries were a part of it, but it's, he's, he's a wild card, and so I don't really know how much you can count on him from a fantasy perspective. But if you hear reports over the summer that, that he look he's looking good, he's connecting well with Newton, you know, he looks healthy. He could be a guy to take a chance on, but I don't think he's a guy you're going to count on in fantasy. I know, yeah. It, that Ravens, yeah, it was kind of like, what the hell happened? He had, I think, 14 targets or something insane, 10 right. catches, was going absolutely berserk. So I was hoping that was a sign of things to come, but as you mentioned, do you think it was pure injury, or was it just kind of, what happened there? I think injuries were a major yeah. part in it, and then, you know, he's coming, it's tough, because he was battling an injury, but he also probably was behind the eight ball, catching up to the offense, and trying to connect with Brady, so it was just a lot of things that were going against him, and I think he was probably thinking too much, like I remember he dropped some easy passes over the middle that we used to see him catching, so I think it was a combination of things, but the injuries were probably at the top of the list, so if he is healthy, that could lead to, you know, a lot of better things for him but I just don't know how much of an impact he can really make you know just just giving his age and given just who he is as a player if, if you're willing to entertain it what would you kind of project then the the receptions yards and touchdowns for Edelman Harry and Sanu on the season if you're just like screw that I, I can't throw it up but what do you think it might end up being if you're willing to entertain it for, for each guy yeah <laughs> I would say, I mean, Edelman was what, just over 1,000 yards last year? I believe so, yeah. What was he, 100 catches? I think he was exactly at 100 catches. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, probably, he's probably not going to be at that level. So let's just say 85 receptions, 900 yards, and four touchdowns for Edelman. That sounds mm-hmm. about right. And then, you know, Harry's probably the next guy, and, you know, it's he could have a great season. Like, he could really have a big bounce back here. So let's, I mean... He didn't have many catches at all last year, and he's not really a, a possession guy. So, I don't know. He's probably in the 40 to 50 reception range for maybe six, 700 yards and five or six touchdowns. How does that sound? Not bad. Not bad. And then Sanu, I mean, I don't, I don't really have high hopes for Sanu. Like yeah. he's, probably, he's probably in the you know, 250, 300 yard range with a touchdown or two. Like I, I don't think he'll make make much of an impact. I think honestly, Sanu and Jacoby Myers are probably in the same range. Uh, yeah, that was one guy I wanted to bring up too. Is is Myers? When we left last, time, I was ready to cut up a clip like Myers sleeper, have him ready because he has that Stidham connection after last preseason, and and we know Edelman's injury history, but. Does this signing, assuming Cam's the starter, kind of ruin that? Or do you think he could still emerge with any type of role here? No, I still think he could still emerge. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to benefit from not having Brady around. <laughs> just because I think him and Harry were thinking way too much last year. And you know, allowing Harry and Myers the freedom to just play and not think could definitely be a benefit. I mean, I, I just don't think that Myers is a guy that's going to make a huge fantasy impact. But... Who knows? He has the athletic ability. He's only played receiver for a couple of years. He was a college quarterback, so 
maybe just a couple more years playing receiver could be a benefit to him. And he's just a guy to probably keep an eye on because he could be a sleeper that just emerges as the number three guy. And if these defenses are all over Edelman and, and uh, Harry, who knows? Maybe, maybe Myers, you know, has some big time plays and, and contributes. Do you think there's any room for a tight end here to make an impact? I mean, last year was obviously abysmal, um, and, and we had this kind of reputation. I think it's largely inflated and, and clear at this point that you know when you have a talent like Gronk and Hernandez, everyone was like, oh, the Patriots are these tight end factories. They love using them, but clearly it was just a matter of using your talent the right way because last yeah. year there wasn't even a tight end. I don't even – who the fuck was it? Like Lacoste? Ben, ben, ben Watson, Matt Lacoste. Ugh, disgusting. Ryan the, Izzo, it was awful. The, the worst tight end production in the league. Uh, but clearly they, they made it a focal point too, so maybe it is something they wish they had last year going going back-to-back third-round picks in Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene. Do you expect a, an impact out of either of these guys or, or any of them you, you'd look at long-term as more of the guy you'd rather have than the other for fantasy purposes? Oh, Asiasi, a thousand percent. Dalton Keene mm-hmm. is basically a hybrid fullback, tight end. Like He's not really much of a receiving threat. He lines up all over the field, including the backfield. I think at, at Virginia Tech, he only he didn't have a single game with more than 80 yards receiving. So he's not much of a receiving threat. He's more of a jack-of-all-trades guy, going to do all the dirty work. So good yes. guy to have on your team, but not for your fantasy team. Gotcha. Us, us, he is definitely an intriguing guy just because of his lack of experience. He only has really one full college season. He transferred from Michigan over to UCLA. And, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he has some athletic ability. He could connect with whoever's that quarterback and make some plays in the receiving game. So if you're going to pick one of the two, it's definitely Asiasi. I'm not going to say he's going to have a huge fantasy impact, but who knows? Maybe they find some some routes that he can run well in, in certain packages because that's probably what he's going to be, a guy that's used in certain packages. And so he's he's a guy that, that you could certainly take a flyer on just because of McDaniels' use of the tight ends and I'm sure you know Cam Newton at quarterback would love to have a solid tight end, and Asiasi's probably the number one guy on your roster right now, even though he's a rookie. So if you like the Patriots and tight ends, I would go with Asiasi. Uh, yeah, Olsen definitely had some solid years with Newton at the helm. So, you know, working the seams, maybe Asiasi with that athleticism could be an intriguing sleeper. So we'll just see. Obviously, a crucial thing to, to track throughout the summer is who is Cam, you know, budding rapport with? Is he working with all the guys? Do him and Edelman seem to be on the same page? Can he kind of mesh his style of is those contrasting, seemingly clashing styles of play? Can they all blend together? Will be a very intriguing storyline in addition to. Belichick and Newton just so such polarizing. It's it became the Patriots became such a boring. Like I was excited to just talk with you because I always love talking ball with you. But I was like, all right, yeah, Patriots preview Stidham, yay! No one really cares the fantasy. Right. They've become a pretty exciting team in the the off season in the matter of just a couple days. Oh, totally. Uh, like this was going to be a, like yeah. a not a dead training camp, but there wasn't really much excitement. And if right. anything, this just sort of gives it life. Like you know fans of the pages were didn't really have much to get excited about yeah it's stidham young new guy but like it's jared stidham and this is cam newton a big polarizing figure so definitely training camp and just talking about the patriots has a lot more you know energy and enthusiasm now that newton's in the mix regardless of if it works out because it's another storyline to pay attention to 
Exactly. And, and then the, the next flip side of it, we've looked at the passing game, we've talked about some of the weapons and how it might all mesh, is the running game. And we were kind of last time with Stidham at the helm, we're talking about how it's probably going to be back to, you know, rookie year Brady, where it's very run heavy, just kind of keep the chains moving and let your defense win you the games. Do you think that suddenly changes now with Newton? Kind of how does this impact the, the overall offense, but also, especially with the run game, especially the dual threat part too? Like, do you expect that? to be capitalized upon and and how would that impact the run game as a whole I do because I think the Patriots sort of go off their players strengths and Newton's Mm -hmm. strength is a dual threat threat is being a dual threat quarterback so McDaniels is going to sort of ride that wave and design plays for that so I think that's going to be a big part of the Patriots offense and kind of like I said before they have nothing to lose with his health in a way like they don't have any long term commitment so they can sort of allow him to be free and do his own thing and from newton's standpoint he probably wants to showcase all of his games to get that next big contract so Mm. i would expect a lot of that and maybe not you know they're not going to probably take it as easy on him as if they were locked into him for the next three or four years so i expect that to be a big part of the offense and in turn that probably takes away from the other running backs on the roster the tony michelle's damian harris rex burkhead so I would probably say the running game takes a hit with Newton at quarterback as opposed to Stidham. He's such a goal line hammer, too. He has been throughout his Carolina career. So if he starts calling his own number a little bit more, the Patriots call his number because he is 6'5", just a monster. That that certainly limits the appeal. So so let's get to those guys, though. If there is some trickle down and there is enough volume for the run game, certainly not a, a great positive right now. But if who's going to be the guy back there with him? Is it going to be Sony Michelle? What a disappointment last year! You predicted it, which was awesome. Uh, I certainly didn't touch him after me and you talked. And now he's had a foot surgery. The stats were bad. He just didn't look great. Like, is he kind of done, or is he going to be the guy in that backfield with Cam Newton when the season starts? I mean, I think he will be to start just because he's a first round pick, and I think Belichick sort of has that ego thing where you can't yeah. really move move on from a first round pick right away. But I think that. You know, you could see Damon Harris certainly get more reps this year than he did last year. I mean, he's a third-round pick out of Alabama. He only played in two games last year. So I think now this would be the year where if, if Michelle does seem to struggle and not be that guy, they'll not have, they won't hesitate this year to sort of let Harris out there and get some more reps. And I kind of want to see what he can do. We weren't given the chance to see that last year in the regular season. And he came from Alabama. He made some plays there. I kind of liked what I saw in, in training camp last year and, and some of the preseason games. So he's a guy to keep an eye on. That I, I think if he's given the chance to play and showcase his talents, he could surprise a lot of people. Yeah, I'm excited for Harris too, especially the, the, the cost. I mean, going at nothing for fantasy price. When it's an unclear backfield like this, unless you really want to bet on the number one's talent – then I always try to go after the, the cheaper guy in fantasy. And right now that's clearly Damian Harris. And I don't feel like betting on Sonny Michelle's talent because I just haven't seen anyone who does anything but get what's blocked. Nothing breakaway, certainly not a running back first rounder that you should ever have passed on Lamar Jackson for at this point. It just looks completely horrible. But yeah, I like the Harris call. I mean, he, he's definitely one of the most intriguing late round picks in fantasy, in my opinion, for all those reasons you cited. What about James White? Like, what, How does he sit? Is this going to be business as usual, standard James White season? Or does Newton kind of change that a bit? I think it's going to be the same thing. I mean, he's probably not, like, not going to get targeted as much as he did to Brady, 
but I still think the production's going to be there just because he's he's almost like Edelman in a way. He does his little thing so well that it's hard to ask you know James White to change what he does. He's still going to be a guy that's going to pick up his yards on those screen plays, be a guy on third down that can line up wide and you know get you the, that five or six yard gain to pick up a first down. And so sort of like Newton with Edelman. You just have to figure out how to work with him just because James White is just a big talent. He's one of the best third-down backs in the league. So I really don't see much of an impact from James White's fantasy. He's a consistent guy to have. He's a great flex option. You sort of know what you're going to get from him. And I want, you know, the, the McCaffrey had his fair share of catches with Carolina. Don't get me wrong. So I think, you know, Newton has shown the ability to sort of throw to the running backs. Um, you know better than me. How much, how much was McCaffrey's, you know, in, in the passing game in Carolina? A little bit? Uh, yes, he. Had, I mean, he he had like set records the last couple of years, but Newton's been hurt, unfortunately, for a good chunk of it. But 2018, Newton and him had a solid rapport going, where they they really evolved the offense, and that was kind of McCaffrey's first breakout season. I mean, he's gone back to back years breaking his own record with receptions. So yeah, McCaffrey's just a an absolute animal, and Newton certainly used him quite well the second year. The rookie year, it took a little while to get used to, but Norv Turner finally used him the right way, kind of gave him, uh, you know, Cam a very easy outlet, which we often see. Well, that's probably what we'll yeah. see. McDan- McDaniels could probably look to that year and sort of see what worked with McCaffrey out of the backfield and try to use some of those same concepts with James White. Exactly, yeah. We, I mean, I think they've already said, too, I've read a couple reports that part of the reason the, the Patriots were so comfortable with Newton was they talked to Norv Turner and he was like, oh yeah, this guy's still, you know, he still got it those first eight games in 2018. I mean, he was putting the team on the back. So anyone who goes after him, the Patriots would be dumb not to like type of thing. And, you know, Belichick respected Turner enough to, to listen to his advice. So we'll see how it all ends up playing out. Newton's been kind of jammed behind some pretty horrible offensive lines and last year was not the most promising performance after the year before the, the line was unbelievable I mean they seem to carry us especially in the run game to that Super Bowl win just two seasons ago and last year they kind of fell apart and now we lose Dante Scarnecchia is there any reason to expect a rebound here uh you know what do you think from the line play it's another wild card they could be because if all all five guys that projected to start start week one and stay healthy they could be one of the best offensive lines in mm. football I mean you have Marcus Cannon who's been around and is sort of Evolved into a, a pretty solid right tackle. Isaiah Wynn, a lot of promise being in the first round at left tackle. And you have two guards, probably the best guard tandem in the league, and Joe Tooney and Shaq Mason. Then yeah. David Andrews coming back from an injury, the blood clots in his lungs last year. So there's you know, questions there, but if it works out well, all, all five of those guys, it's a pretty solid offensive line. I'd put that up against pretty much any other group in football. But on the flip side to that, if one of those guys or two of those guys don't work out, what happens? You have a lot of younger guys that would be in line and take over those jobs that don't have much experience. And without Don Scarnecchi around, sort of how's, how does that work out with the, the new guys and you know just, just a, a lack of chemistry? And so I think it has the potential to be one of the best groups in football. But I do think if one or two things go wrong, that could really snowball and that could actually turn into being, you know, a negative for the team just because they don't really have much depth there. And, and you, you don't, you can't rely on Skarnacki to make, you know, 
you know what out of, out of chicken chicken salad chicken, you know what chicken shit yeah exactly man I, I get exactly what you're saying i'm hoping it becomes a strength with all those guys returning like you said and the, the last question i have you writing about this guy recently is jed fish uh, an interesting name an offensive mind that was brought in this off season so what are some things you kind of analyze with jed fish and, and i know you you were first talking about how he could impact stidham as the qb's coach does that does his role kind of change now with a more established guy as Newton, or do you think there's something, some value he brings to Newton? Who is Jed Fish, and what's he kind of going to do with this team? No, I think it's some definitely value because I think Belichick and everybody on the staff realized that they really didn't have much experience coaching a mobile quarterback. I mean, they've been with Tom Brady for 20 years, and Jed Fish has you know he's but most recently been with Sean McVay with the Rams for the last two years, but before that, he was a college coach, UCLA and Michigan, so he kind of knows that college game, the, the mobile quarterback, how to use that well. Mm. So I, I you know, I noticed being at, just being at the combine this year, Jed Fish and McDaniels are spending a lot of time together, and so I kind of think they're going to sort of take each other's – McDaniels is going to pitch Fish's brain a little bit, try to come up with some concepts to get you know some quarterback on the move, some dual threat options there, just give them another sort of – fresh eyes to open his eyes to what they can do with a mobile quarterback. So I, I would imagine that Fitch is going to have some input on the offense, just how they implement more of a running style game. So not only would that help Stidham, but it definitely helps Newton too. It's just to, to have more run concepts there. So you know, I, I pointed to sort of look at what the Rams did the last couple of years with Jared Goff, but that's probably more now with, it's going to be more of a running running option more now with Newton just because Newton's obviously more of a runner than Goff was but if it was Stidham you'd look to Goff and just a little bit of those concepts there but Fish is important just because he gives McDaniel sort of a a new look on how to run an offense and how it's more than just you know standing in the pocket you know three step drops get the ball out quick one one thing I didn't even think of this till you just said it too is with his experience with the Rams they they were one of if not the most play action heavy team well, you know, Fish was there in, in the role that he was, and I, he wasn't calling the plays or anything, but it, certainly they were lighting up scoreboards for the last couple of years when McVay first took over last year. They took a little bit of a backseat. They still were like top 10 in scoring, I believe, but but ultimately they used play action so much, merging those run and pass games. And I saw a recent tweet that Newton in 2018 was number one in pro football focuses play action passing. So I wonder if we see that type of the brain get picked a little bit more because of how heavy the Rams where you got to imagine that that'll be a part of it too so even more intrigued to this Jed Fish signing and how that could potentially unlock that that Newton humongous ceiling so all in all a fantastic interview so far I really appreciate all the, the insight and what you see with this Newton and how everything works out what's the prediction now first season without Brady Cam Newton's now in town what do you expect from the Patriots does Newton make it all you said you expect him to make it all 16 so if so What's the final record, and, and where do you kind of see us finishing if we make the playoffs, and if so, how far? What's the prediction? <laughs> I mean, if Newton plays all 16 games, I kind of get this team in the 11-12 win range. I mean, they're wow. they're up there. I mean, they're up there with the better teams in the NFL. I mean, the defense is still one of the best in the football. Newton, if he stays healthy, you'd assume he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, top 10, you'd assume. And just, just having that there puts them right in line to win 11, 12 games like they have. And, if again, the whole thing is can he stay healthy. But if he does stay healthy, I think this team's an 11, 12-win team that's probably right back in the AFC, competing for the AFC title game once again. 
And before we hop off here, I forgot to announce at the beginning, uh, because of all the times we've, we've chatted, this is the first time I get to announce you as the author, Ryan Hannibal, as well. You recently published a book, right? What's kind of going on with that? I did. A little, little project I was working on last year, I wrote a, a golf trivia book, The Ultimate Book of Golf Trivia. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the book sites. And just, you know, it's, it's, cool, to, it's cool to see my name on, on, on a book. And I know it's not football related, but, you know, Football, football and golf can mesh, so for any uh, golf fans out there looking for a gift for their father or you know, anyone that likes golf, check it out. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, fantastic as always, Ryan. Thanks so much for the insight. I'm sure we'll check in at some point this summer once we have training camp. We see how everything's kind of going on. We have our predictions for how it will all mesh, but it will be interesting to uh, touch base once we actually get to see it on the field and see how everything's developing. Thanks so much for the time as always. Where can our viewers find your work and kind of connect with you? Uh, WEI.com, blogging all day, columns, blogs, you know, all that stuff. I do a podcast, my coworker, Andy Hart, the off day podcast. That's on iTunes. Then just on Twitter at Ryan Hannibal. Awesome. Thanks again for the time. I really appreciate it, Ryan. Anytime. Congrats on being one step closer to those 2020 titles. Be sure to check out ffbdpod.com for show notes from this and any other episode. And if you haven't already, it would mean the world to hear your thoughts and the reviews and to share it out with friends that you're not going to face in fantasy leagues this year. Thanks again, Wolfpack. Until next time, Wolf is out. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause, oh, 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 and wave out to the crowd, and take our final bow, oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show, 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 at least we stole the show. Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.